I decided to go into education twofoldly because of my mom and because I wanted to push children to their fullest potential. Um, I always heard my mom talking about reading scores and, you know, the struggles that kids have, and I took the leap to do it. Before I actually started officially, I tried out to be a DC Teaching Fellows. If you've never heard of the program, it's just like NC Teaching Fellows, kind of similar to Teach for America. But I went, I put together this beautiful uh, lesson plan, created homework and handouts, and had to present it to a group of um, interviewees. And had already taken the test and interview went amazingly well they just needed me to take the test to pass I missed it by two points in the math section and because at the time I did not have the funds to take the test if you're an educator you know how much these tests can run I was like well I guess that's not for me. Found out maybe a year or two later, because I thought that I did not pass it for North Carolina, that I did. Long story short, went, got my master's. Now I am a librarian, among other things. I've been in education for 10 years. Well, no, excuse me. Eight years going on 10. That's what it feels like. And it consistently boggles my mind that people who get to the upper echelons of systems forget the things that they went through if they worked in education or other sectors they forget as if these things just magically disappear when you get a higher position or you start making a little bit more money. It is a known fact, pretty much depending on where you live. If you live in any state or area or region that people get the flu because I've never been to Hawaii or you know um, Nevada I've lived in California so I but I can't remember people saying that they had the flu flu season normally starts around now okay around the end of September and it is it shows its face really strongly in October and then it doesn't really disappear until about January, February. Before I say what I'm about to say, please understand. Teachers, educators, we would much rather have our babies in the school building. 
we would much rather have that. The issue with having our babies in the school building is that right now it's not safe. The numbers don't show that it's safe. Getting better is not safe. Uh, 1500 a day is not, you know, that's, that's not safe. Um, and depending on your county, if the numbers are dropping, then great. But if you're in a county where over the course of three days, it's in the double digits, that's, that's not safe. We want the kids back in. No one is asking the teachers, the educators, the people who work in the school buildings who will have to battle not only trying to protect themselves, but also protecting the children that come back into the school building. No one's asking us. They're not asking us. Now, granted, we all come from all walks of life. We are both red and blue people. So we, you know, we all have our own views. But I I am pretty confident in saying that 95% of teachers and educators and staff would much rather continue because of the health risk involved. As much more work as it is planning and doing virtual, and that actually is not going to go away. As much more work as it is to plan virtually, to do a virtual lesson, to deal with the headache of the technology issues, the Zoom issues, the lack of um, work being submitted and all of the other things, we would much rather stay this way until we knew that it was marginally safe. Again, in districts where the numbers are showing progress, yes, open up, do it safely, make sure that your teachers have input. Don't Ask your principals because the the principals get the brunt. And I am realizing this as I am in my classes and I'm watching my own principal have to deal with the backlash of the staff feeling like, well, what was the purpose of you even asking us a question if they were going to turn around? Again, principals are asked to do A, often because a, B has already been decided and teachers get the C. That's that's how it goes. Decisions are made way ahead of the, the chance on, or the time that a principal gets to even sit down and talk with their staff to get their feedback or their feelings and their thoughts. And that is, it's irritating, it's hurtful, and that's, that is one of the reasons why you have teacher turnover. That is one of the reasons why you have early retirements. That is another reason why you have students that leave districts because they clearly see that the 
care and concerns of the staff are not taken seriously or not even thought of at all. We want everyone to come back to the school safely. That's that's it. Opening is going to be difficult. Opening gradually would be a better fit and plan. But just tossing everybody out, oh, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Choose whatever is going to work best for you. But then you still have districts that are not communicating with their staff to make sound decisions. And then they wonder, well, why do we have so many teachers that have left? Why, like, what's going on? We need to discuss it. Well, you had a chance to discuss it before you made the decision, but you chose to make your decision to appease a small group rather than a larger one. Now, granted, I know that there are parents who are literally on the fence. They cannot stand the technology and they cannot stand the virus. Okay? Technology is is trash. If you're not in a location that has the upper echelon that has the very best you are in a situation where you have to make a choice your child's life or dealing with the technology and what I'm about to say is going to sound really uh, mean but I'm going to say what is true if you are a parent, we all got the stimulus check. It, you at least got $500 for your child. At the very least. You got 500 for your child during the summer. Most of us knew then that our schools were not coming back fully in person that was a chance for you to go and purchase your child a device especially if you had any knowledge of the fact that your child's school did not have the best laptops so you took the chance to Instead of using the 500 that was for your child, you chose to do whatever with it, pay bills, buy a TV, whatever. But you had the opportunity to get your child a device that would work, that you would not have to wait to hear from technology or your media person and helping you to tackle these issues that your child's device from the school was having. Okay? So we all had that opportunity. Whether we took it or not, hey, it's beyond me. I didn't. I paid bills. I paid for my mom's surgery. But I also am a media person. I'm a media specialist. 
and I am I have now become the technology go-to it's been five weeks and I get calls and texts and messages from seven in the morning sometimes six to about nine o'clock at night almost every day and I think this is the first week that it hasn't been as steady so I deal with those calls I'm answering I'm trying to help as best as I can I literally had to move out of my media center and be with my co-coach so that I could be closer to the front door to assist parents and their children with technology issues so I get that technology is a headache and it's a stressor and the kids aren't doing but that or turning around and having to come right back and be out again because let's let's face it that is what is going to happen okay we're gonna come back into the school building someone is going to get sick and honestly i don't it's not even going to be covid it's not going to be covid it's going to be a cold but it's gonna look like covid it's gonna be the flu but again it's gonna look just like covid and what's gonna happen the school is gonna have to shut down why well the students still have to have specials or electives they still have to see people who see everybody else in the school and because of that simple fact therein lies the school needing to shut down all over again because we did not consider that factor we're focused on covid and it's like the uh what is it the slide of the eye type of thing let me distract you here so that i can steal from you over there i guess that's the analogy i'm not really sure but you get the point it's the slide of the hand while we're paying attention to covid over here is the flu sitting like uh, a evil genius just waiting to pounce because our attention our attention is on the wrong thing i want the kids back i want the babies back but honestly and this goes back to my other point there's a lot of parents that are still definitely afraid of sending their child back to the school building when they are watching the numbers as well and not feeling comfortable because they have either family that lives in the house that has major health problems and they are in fear that something will happen to the family member if the child is sent back to school or the child has health problems that will be even more detrimental if they are uh, placed back inside the school building. Either way, it is, when will it be a good time? We, we don't know. We have no idea. We don't know. 
All we do know and all I do know is that we need to stop making educators out to be the savior of everything. Schools are for education, not to get everybody back on their feet. I get it. I am spending a vast amount of money on daycare. I have two children in daycare at the same time. My son would not be if Early Head Start was open. I would not be paying $250 a week for childcare. So I know that there are parents who have school age kids who there's no one at home to watch them. So they're paying a new daycare fee that they haven't had to pay in years. I get it. But is the life of your child and your child's teacher, because even if kids are not showing symptoms or um, having issues as strongly as adults, somebody has to teach the kids at the end of the day. So if all the adults are sick, then what's going to happen to the kids? They're going to be right. We're going to be right back where we started. At the very least, work with the teaching staff work find a solution discuss it with them see how they feel at the very least we know that y'all are going to do what you want to do anyway but at least humor us and hear our thoughts and our feelings hear us take time to just listen And halfway, you know, be like, okay, we're going to take that into consideration. Do, I mean, do more than the bare minimum. At the very least. Because, again, if the flu season and COVID together, like I said, I I guess people just forgot. All around. Yeah, I forgot that the winter time is probably not the best time to send kids back. But, you know, it's it's political season. And that's a whole nother topic that I won't get into. To my teaching friends and family, just hold on, y'all. That's that's all we can do. I am so worried. I have one of my close friends who's probably listening to this, whose class is going to be coming back. And I am, her group is not able to wear masks all day. And that, that's a concern. And I know that she has, and her TA has, but I know that she's going to do a amazing job. But it's still a fear of, her getting sick, her TA getting sick. We had kids come in to take a test. And, yeah, that still happens, beginning of year testing. Yeah, that still happened. Um, And the little child, kindergartner, was all around the room. They were literally running around trying to get her to sit down. And she kept taking off her mask. On and off, on and off. Yeah. Yeah. And that's more than just a few 
words. <laughs>